Hello, my loves. Jazza here. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to thank Jennifer and Toby for being, as always, our wonderful, supportive Rainbow Parents, supporting us on the highest tier of Patreon. It changes our lives. On with the show now. Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis, and this is Hot Takes, where I'll be joined by a guest who's come ready to go with three queer movie hot takes that they'll need to persuade me of in three arguments or less. I am very excited today to welcome Amanda, otherwise known on the internet as Amanda the Jedi, YouTuber critic, long-suffering watcher and reader of subpar media. It's Amanda, yay! Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I am very excited to hear the hot takes. As listeners of the show will know, we have two sort of different formats for guests. And I was like secretly hoping that you would be hot taking for us because I feel like you truly must watch so much of good and bad media that there must be some little spicy, spicy takes percolating up there. You'd think, but I feel like they're going to end up feeling like really basic, but I'm hoping they're not all television shows. Some of them are like childhood show hot takes. I don't even know if they're that hot, but we're going to find out, I guess. I love that. So if you would like to to lay before us your first take, please. Okay. So, you know, so many shows back in the day, especially ones for kids, would have queer coded characters, characters that, you know, your Spinellis, your Shigos, mm. your Mrs. Frizzles. But I would like to propose to us here today that of the Recess family, Ashley A, also lipstick lesbian. Oh, there's either the tension. There's something there between her and Spinelli. It's just that it's that it's that enemies to lovers vibe. Like once she gets into high school, she's going to be like, oh, shit. Oh, no, it'll be like that. um, That season of Glee. Where uh, Diana Agron's character like cuts her hair and dyes it, it'd be like that. But Ashley A, mm. I don't know if if you, if there was any doubt from you or anyone else in the world that you're fucking gay, <laughs> what you just said, every part of that to compare to being like, wait, if you're not familiar with Recess, you'll be familiar with this one plot line in Glee. I'm like, yeah, no, that tr- that checks. who's not <laughs> who's not <laughs> that makes sense. I was at a party the other day don't you and multiple people were re-watching Glee and everyone was having a discussion we were talking about how the mashups sometimes are like actually maybe better than the originals at least when the original separate ones and then I was like actually there's one song that I hate to admit that I like better than the original and literally three people was like is it the Florence and the Machine one and I was like oh my god it is it's shake it it's shake it out I was like I can't believe that we all have simultaneously independently discovered this horrible fact about Glee. I love it. So, okay, your hot take. For the, I, normally I'm like, for those who don't know what is the thing you're talking about, but I feel like everyone must know what Recess is. I would is, hope. Surely. I will like lightly explain. Recess is this like yeah. amazing show for kids. It was a Disney original and it still holds up. Like there are all these little things that you're like, oh my God, Recess was like with it. And then there's this group of the Ashleys. So it's four girls, best friends, all named Ashley. So Ashley A is like the more leader one, I would say. Ashley Armbruster, I think it is. So she's the blonde one. And there's just something about her that I'm like, not right now, but down the line. You're gonna down the line. You're gonna realize something. That you're not you don't hate Spinelli. You mm, yeah. like Spinelli. Like Spinelli. Like Spinelli. Yes. Yeah. So okay. Is your first argument essentially that there is like a 
enemies to lovers situation going, like potential, that there's potential there for that kind of trope to be set off by these characters. Yes, I think. It's, I haven't rewatched all of it recently to find my backing, but it's just one of those things. And I'm like, Spinelli is the obvious. Spinelli is the obvious one. She's like the, the tomboy, has all of these other different qualities. But then Ashley A is the one that's like, it was not my trajectory into gay, but there are many people who can, you know, sympathize with that that progression into gay. And I, I just, I see it. There's just something there. There's maybe some overcompensation that she's now taken over this group of girls to just code herself one way because she doesn't want to accept this part of herself. Cause like, that's right, like they're like nine. So that's right around when you'd start realizing like, oh, okay, maybe, mm. maybe. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's like around that age. It's all, it was all making sense. I, you know what? Points for the fact that when we do talk about queer coding, oftentimes it's this weird like balance between we're, we're essentially looking at the coding, which is very based on stereotypes. Yes. And it's really tricky because it's like, you, it's not necessarily trying to say that everyone who fits the stereotype is going to be queer. And we're kind of not necessarily in the midst of that kind of haze code era of the fact everything has to be coded yes and you can actually have gay characters so the coding feels like maybe it's a little bit less nowadays although maybe still a lot in children's media but i appreciate the fact that you've come with a hot take that includes the more feminine like lipstick lesbian energy because i think that potentially that's a little bit lacking in our queer coded potential in in kids media from back in the day i think so and like Sure, it wasn't intentional. Sure, that's probably not actually a thing. It's just, a th- I, it's a possibility. It's a possibility with any of them, but I, there's just something there. Don't back, no, don't back out of this. Yeah. It's not just a possibility. It's it's true. We're spicing up the take. It's true. It's simply true. Um, It's an objective fact. Yeah, if uh, they had done this- an all grown up <laughs> version of Recess like they did with Rugrats, she'd be... It yeah. would have been in there. That yeah, makes questioning, sense. Questioning and or queer. Somewhere's in there. Yeah. They, I mean, like they have this very... uh enemies relationship in the show including not to not to spoil a big plot twist of recess but we do find out that spinelli's name is also ashley that's what i'm saying there's this and therefore there's like a connection between them and we all know that like either queer women who get together either look the same or have the same name yes so it does make sense that's Mm -hmm. again it's just another point that's that's coming across i do literally have my best friend is called ellen and her girlfriend is called Ellie, so it's it it's just fact. Amazing. It's just reality. I love that. When you were growing up, how aware were you of these sort of like queer Cody trope things? Like, were you the kind of kid who really saw yourself in characters that later on you were like, oh, I get what was happening here? Or is it all like now you're an adult looking back at media and like analyzing it? I think I definitely saw myself in certain characters. So like Spinelli was one, Lore from The Weekenders. I don't know if you ever saw The Weekenders. What a throwback. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So another character like that, uh, like Sora from Digimon, Rika from Mm -hmm. Digimon. Um, Just these like edgier characters that, you know, tend to be the tomboys or the little like outsiders in some way. And then you see yourself in them and then suddenly they're like boy crazy for like an episode and you're like, mm. this doesn't really track. Like it's very possible. And it does happen where you have these girls that are like, I'm one of the guys, but like, I'm also not one of the guys. Stop treating me like that, which is totally valid. Great media as well. But 
there's it, yeah, there's definitely characters that I would just see myself in, and then you resonate with that kind of energy going forward. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't just like the tomboy thing. It's like that whole yeah, next level. Do you feel like w- when we get to like actual queer media that there that trend continues that there is actually representation of the sort of like tomboy vibes, lesbian kind of energy, or do you think it's sort of weirdly? goes the other way because I know that there's obviously like full out and out butch characters are like very few and far between yeah and there has been a lot of sort of commentary about the idea that you end up having these very like ultra feminine lesbian characters when you get into like adult media do you feel like you kind of found those characters that you resonate with as an adult or are you kind of like yeah mm. mm, not so much there's like a couple but yeah they do end up being so there's like Ellie from The Last of Us mm, I started like and I was like but then she is more of like the tomboy anyway but then yeah i guess like most when you go forward they end up being feminine in some way or it's like a period piece so even if they're not feminine they're forced to be wearing these massive poofy dresses because that's just the way things are yeah i I do think the 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 media in general kind of has the um they want to make things more palatable so they want to go you we want our traditionally attractive um, like women and we want and if they're going to be together they both have to be traditionally attractive like we don't want to have like a tr- traditionally attractive woman with more butch woman and if we have a more butch woman we want her with another butch woman and then they're just going to be side characters mm. so I do think there's still a lot of issues and then obviously it does tend to be a lot of like white women so and that's not something I would have immediately noticed when I was younger but like the older I get it's like oh, it's really rare when you see, oh, that's cool. We've, okay, you know, that they've branched out a different way. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there's like any other like blatantly gay characters that I resonate as much with now as an adult as I did with some of those characters when I was a kid. And I just don't think I can think of any, oddly enough. Mm. Uh, how, about, how about you? Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I feel like it's, how if any uh, writers are listening to this, um, if you could just write Adult Spinelli, that would be great. We've done the... Adult Wednesday Adams has happened. We've mm-hmm. done adult, there's lots of adult versions of uh, the kids stuff. Um, we'd really just appreciate Adult Spinelli. Yes. Um, if Ashley A could also be involved, all Down. the all the merrier. You know that Down. just makes sense. Yeah. I also think that like even though there are a lot of feminine lesbian characters, I would argue that there's not a lot of like femme in the actual community sense of the word femme. Like. Yeah. I feel like femme lesbians have an unhinged energy to them, which is not necessarily the classic like Fiat 500 girls who get their nails done in a very normal way. Yeah. Having very like specific, like the kind of stuff where where feminine lesbians get representation is not the same as the people who are wearing like their grandma's like 1940s dress with like earrings made of dildos, which is like much more of like a <laughs> femme lesbian yes. energy. Nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it always tends to be the, um, obviously the most common is that you're, you, if it's going to focus on it, it's going through people discovering that about themselves. So they might start going through weird things where they just hard correct in the opposite direction where they might have started as more feminine, but now they feel like they need to like dress more masculine in a way mm. as they're discovering this new part of themselves. Whereas like it's kind of rare to find someone who's just established and comfortable in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's definitely out there. I just can't think of anything right now, but. Yeah, it's there. Makes sense. Yeah. See, as I was saying that, I was like, wow, Jess from New Girls, secret femme lesbian, <laughs> headcanon unlocked. Uh, that's when I eventually do a Hot Takes episode where I interview myself. That's, nice. Maybe that's on the list. I can see that. Amazing. Do you have anything else to bring to the table for this hot hot take or should I make my judgment now? 
you can make your judgment. I think I think I've said what I want to say. Okay. I mean, the judgment is this is simply true. Thank it's you. simply canon. I I think that there's what else is there to say? I would argue that you know what every single one of the of those that gang is could, queer yeah you could so make arguments for literally any single one of them um and i i like the idea that ashley also gets included in that yeah. um so well done i don't know some kind of sound effect i guess julia as you're editing do we have sound effects for when people do well i don't actually remember I don't uh woo, yay that's great um okay so we're moving on to hot take two do you in the order of these have you ordered them in any particular way no. or are you kind of just going at random i'm going at random and this next one might now change because I put myself on a new tangent that I want to propose. Love it. Okay. G give me the second <laughs> spontaneous hot take. I think Quinn Fabray is bisexual. <gasps> Wait, she has sex with someone on that show. She has sex with Santana. She, does. she is bisexual. I yeah, think she likes women more than she likes men. That's not even a hot take anymore. The coldest take I've Damn, ever had. Damn, they committed um, to it. Simply canon. It's like, as I was talking, I like you went through as you were talking. Remember I know the I was like <laughs> going through this and I was like, man, I don't like Rachel, but Quinn definitely no one does wanted to fuck Rachel at one point. Part of my language there was because it was certainly mm -hmm. not make love to because there would be no love there. Oh, no. There Absolutely would be no not. Love there. But yeah, no. Zero. Yeah, they already. Damn, I don't know if I have another Glee hot take because I think Glee is just so gay that you could just say anyone, anyone, anywhere at any time on Glee is gay. So, right, <sighs> and and it will probably be canon. There's probably someone locked in a basement with like red string on a wall, like finding the scenes in which it is actually canon that this all of this stuff happens. Well, they definitely are because there are people who have a little whiteboard of the ways that like the outfits that Quinn wore to the outfits that Taylor Swift wore and why they are secretly the Swift Grand conspiracy. I like the idea that it's not even like uh, Diana Agron and Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift and Quinn Fabray. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's too. just this fictional character and this pop star. It just makes sense. Can I mean, like either one of them. Technically, like Taylor Swift is obviously canon in the Glee universe because they do do Taylor Swift songs, right? Exactly. So it's all coming together. Yeah. Amazing. Do you, would you like to rescind that hot take and replace it? <sighs> yeah, I guess I'll rescind it because it's not <laughs> a hot take at all. All right. New hot take. I think that the movie Debs is one of the greatest queer films ever to be created and it was far ahead of its time because i don't i think it came out in like 2003 2000 uh, something like that i gotta check that i know i saw it in like 05 but i don't know how fast i was 2004 split the difference mm. it's so good it's so bad for like what it is but like you know like for the time period that it came out like who came up with that idea who okayed yeah we'll do a secret test in the SAT to make this group of crime-fighting girls who wear short skirts that also work around the FBI and the CIA, and then one of them is allowed to be gay. And like, but I guess that's the, th that premise only works if you're like, but one of them is gay. Mm. Yeah. But I think the whole thing is just fantastic because it's got this whole, you know, like enemies to lovers or like that, the person that's supposed to be the enemy to lovers and then how that makes her want to be a better person. And it's so campy, but the soundtrack's also amazing. Like it has all of these little working pieces that are amazing. And it has, I can't remember her name right now, but um, she dates or is married to Sarah Paulson. I cannot remember her name right now. Give me a second. The fact checker of... 
I'm totally blanking on her name. I feel terrible. Uh, Holland Taylor? Yes, Holland Taylor. And she's fantastic. And there's just, I don't know. I think that, I know people like it, but it's one of those ones I feel like it doesn't actually get talked about enough either because people don't think other people have seen it or everybody just kind of forgets about it. I feel like it's one of those gay movies that you find out about when you're a teenager and you kind of watch secretly like when your parents aren't around but it's not like so bad you would actually need to hide it from them because of what's happening it's just like the gay shame closet movie you know it's just like i have it it's in a closet and you can't see it no one can find it but it's just you just stumble upon it in some way because it you know you know i didn't see advertisements for it in theaters i don't know if it played in theaters here but it was just like one of those things that Somebody found it at the rental store and we watched it in a huge group and I was the only gay person. And I was like, I am glad for this experience with friends and now I'm going to buy it and hide it in my closet. So, I mean, I was going to, again, be like, and for anyone who doesn't know what Debs is, but I feel like you basically explained it very well. I try. That it was like crime fighting spy teenagers just taking on the supervillain who is in fact also gay mm-hmm. and then they just get together and I feel like it's it's one of those things that I where when you recommend that to people they're like how haven't I heard of this already yeah like what in what world haven't I heard of this and I think it's probably because of like the time period it was in you're not necessarily getting noted down on like it's not like the height of the internet where people mm-hmm. are making here are the top 10 queer films coming out this year like so it's not really got any sort of seo working away in the background yeah. from years ago and then a lot of the distributors in like the uk of like where i used to get my dvds from like pegadillo pictures in the uk pretty much distributes like all of the queer movies mm. But they kind of don't go with those queer movies. Yeah. It's more of the like... Artistic ones. Art housey vibes, which yeah. Debs uh, is, not. is not. I mean, listen, there's been lots of styles of art over the decades. Truly. And I'm sure it fits into one of them. Uh, yes. But and Camp definitely ticks the box for that. But it is one of those ones that, yeah, it it's definitely feels like a bit of a cult classic, like underground. And I also think that now that we are getting some more good... LGBT movies that actually have a budget. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some younger people where if like some Gen Z, some young Gen Zers, where if I told them to go and watch it, they would be like, this is just bad. Like there's no, not necessarily room now for appreciation of the fact that we were in the trenches, we like the struggling trenches. with truly terrible media for a long time. Yeah, like it's either it's just bad or it's like, we got to square away that this is a student with a teacher because this is all we're getting this year. So it's like... <laughs> Let's just like, listen, problematic's not a word that we need to use around these while we're watching it. Afterwards, when we have the discussion, we can like talk. we can talk about it. But while we're watching this movie, let's just take it for the time that it was. The yeah. only, the one and a half gay movies we had that year, exactly. it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah no, like I remember we, we bought me and my friends like six DVDs from Peccadillo Pictures that were just kind of like the top ones, the ones were meant to be really good. And it was like an exercise in alternatively being very unimpressed by how bad the movie was or sobbing because the movie was so sad yeah like those were the two those are the two different kind of spectrum that we were we were going on uh and now with all your love simons and your netflix shows that get cancelled after one season you youngsters don't appreciate how good you have it anymore it's really don't you know because it was I distinctly remember, like back in the day, you had to like you would look up a mo- you'd look up a show and you'd see a character and you'd be like googling or you'd be like 
what shows have gay characters? And it's always like some side, secondary, third character mm-hmm. that might be in the show for like three episodes. You have to watch the whole season just to get those three episodes, but you're going to do it because that's all you have. Yep. And then you'd be like looking at the tags on afterellen.com being like, <laughs> oh, are they, are they covering this show? Oh, it sounds like it'll be gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if it doesn't deliver, you're going over to like fanfiction.net to try to like oh, get the end of the story from someone else. Is there a live journal thread about this couple? Yeah. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Like, honestly, I it breaks my heart that the kids these days like are using Wattpad. Yeah, because I really feel like they've cut. It's almost like you know how there was the <laughs> there was ancient Rome, yes, and then everything in Europe went back technologically into the Dark Ages before yes. it came back and they did rediscover the technology. That's how I feel about the fact that we have AO3 and mm. yet they still insist on using Wattpad yeah. as if we're like really going back in time. Just thinking about Live Journal when you would have people filling fan fiction prompts on Live Journal. Mm-hmm. Which, listen, kids, if you're too young to know what Live Journal is, it was just a chaotic internet forum of absolute chaos. But you would have, like, someone would say, hey, I would love someone to write a fic about, uh, do you know what the, one of the OG Glee pairings was? Kurt and Puck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd really love it to write something about Kurt and Puck where, like, you know, Puck turns out to be a, like a bad boy with a heart of gold or whatever. And then you would have to literally scroll through. It would be like a maze trying to figure out who would reply to that particular prompt because there was no link. It was just like a tiered system of replies. Yeah. It was absolutely, we we really struggled. It's an anarchy. And you don't know how good yeah. you have it. We had no characters and the characters that we decided were gay, we, we had to try and wade through a swamp to try and find anything. That's exactly that people it. people fictionally read about them. Yeah. Or it's just like, oh my God, that character looked at her interestingly Mm. you know exactly you had to find all that kind of stuff and they just kept dying as well that's the thing they always really they always died it's ridiculous that was i feel like it was like the 2014 to 16 like absolute it was kind of like you know the snl sketch the like image and heap and what you say yeah yes it was like that but like every single one of the characters was just a tv lesbian yeah dying yeah yeah and they they've sort of learned their lesson but instead they kill the show rather than killing the character so i'm like i don't know how much it's improved yeah i know i don't know if it's any better i yeah deb's is fantastic it is i think that it just i haven't watched it in ages i feel like maybe someone else was talking about deb's the other day and i feel like i need to rewatch. although i truly don't know where it even is on the internet or if i'm gonna have to try and figure out some weird undercover way oh i still have my dvd you can I love that for you. Rent it, I'm pretty sure. Like I think it's rentable. I think I also purchased it on iTunes just to have, just so like if Ooh. I'm traveling, it's just always on lock. You know? I, <laughs> I love that. You're just like wherever I am. Yeah, it's like anywhere. another one. Middle you know? of the ocean on a on the ship for some I reason. I have Debs. I have Debs. And imagine me and you. Just on just ready to go. Just. Oh. Interesting. Do we have hot takes about Imagine Me and You? Because they are many. (laughs) They are many. I I, Imagine Me and You, for those who don't know, is a British rom-com situation. And it is one of those ones that I am like, I know I literally just said about five minutes ago, (laughs) oh, it's a product of its time. Let's not judge it like this, blah, blah, blah. But it is very much that classic like straight woman cheats on like husband slash fiance with a woman who was like, does the flowers for her wedding kind of energy. Yeah. I say energy, literally that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And I 
didn't necessarily believe so much in the tension between them but it's very iconic it has a load of like classic quotes from it that Mm -hmm. is like a if you know you know sort of thing you're a wanker number nine you're a wanker number nine being the obvious one Mm -hmm. and it does have a very good like running through traffic (laughs) it's like the cheap version of running through the airport yes running through gridlock traffic to each other beautiful which someone there's like a trend on i don't know when this is going out but at the time of recording there is a trend on tiktok that is like music in the background of someone running dramatically and i've seen people upload that scene from imagine me and you and all of these children being like what movie is this from that looks amazing (laughs) i've never seen this before and i'm like oh it's being it's unlocked for a new generation it's come out of the vault it is and they're gonna (laughs) the one thing i'll say as problematic as that premise is at least they don't make the husband an asshole. That is Because it's so easy to say, she didn't do anything wrong. He's an asshole. He, heck, is the nicest guy. He's just That's like, very true. I only want to be with you if you love me too. And they at least like let him have a little cute moment at the end. So he's like, oh, he's going to be fine. But it's like, it is problematic. It is not good. I think we've gotten past the thing. I think for a while, people were kind of like, oh no, if you're discovering yourself as gay, it's not it's not as bad as regular cheating. It's like, but it is because you're still like breaking someone's heart. You're still violating the relationship. You're, it's all the same things as actual cheating because it is actual cheating and mm-hmm. presenting it at rom- as romantic is tough. But I guess like so many movies like that do that with straight characters. So we were like bound to have our one. Yeah, we got, we got. <laughs> What what we've worked for very hard. <laughs> I it. also feel like it's it's one of those movies that was like such a huge part of a lot of people's own like discovery and journey of their sexuality. And I'm like, I'm not going to begrudge people. I'm like, just because it's not my kind of thing. I'm like, you all of that. Imagine me and you girlies. I'm like, you go. Yeah. <laughs> this one, you're, you, you go, go girls. Yeah. So no, I do. I uh, acknowledge your two loves of <laughs> Of the two, the two downloads. Yep, thank that you. you have uh, on your hard drive at all times. Yeah. Is there any other thoughts about Debs? Is there any other Debs-related things you need to get off your chest? God, I don't, I don't think so. It's just, it's so good. Like no one's really getting cheated on. It's got just. It's a solid, like, somebody trying to figure out their life on, like, multiple levels of, like, you are literally perfect at something. You were determined by a test that you are the best version of this you could be. But, like, what if you want to do something else with your life? So it is actually checking off, like, multiple different boxes. And then it's just cute as hell. So it's good. I might make a video on it so then I can, we'll see how the Gen Z take it and see if they're like this is garbage and i don't they this is can't. actually really bad no they, they will be oh wrong my god yeah don't like that uh, it's very the, the imagine me and you thing is interesting that people don't know what it is but i guess that makes sense because i think one of the girls phoebe dynever from bridgerton which i haven't watched but i think from like a certain angle she looks like piper parabo like from the side Mm. so i'm always like oh it's like that chick and people are like who and i'm like the girl from imagine me and you and they're like what i was like no you can't that one has like actual actors in it. You have to know what that one is. Mm-hmm. Like it has Lena Headey in it or Heedy. Yeah. She's fantastic, but. I think, do you know what I think it might be? It's the fact that they're slightly older. Like if it was a teen movie, mm-hmm. potentially people would have been like, the like younger generation coming up would have been like, oh yes, it's the, with people who are my age. Yeah. Although well, having said fair. that, I do, I'm like thinking about the bad queer teen movies from when I was younger. And I'm like, I don't know how many of these kids have seen Beautiful Thing. You know what I mean? Ooh, I feel yeah. like it's, you can't, so many of them have kind of gone into, like you, 
you want to recommend it to someone and you send them the trailer and the trailer is in like 360 like uh, the pixels are like there's three pixels to the screen it just looks terrible and you're like it's really good i promise and they're like uh, it looks like it was filmed on a potato and yeah i'm like I, that was what it was That's like, what back, it was like then. back then we, d- we didn't have the hd okay <laughs> the hd we did not but yeah it's good people should check it out hello everybody jazza here for the ad read uh we at the Queen Room Podcast are continued to be supported by the incomparable Squarespace, who can help you to buy a domain and to create a website, which is what you need if you're building a podcast empire like us. We've been talking about how we love using Squarespace for our website creation, giving us access to analytics and creating email campaigns and connecting all your social media presence in one place. It's very handy in such a fragmented internet. We know you hear from all of your favourite media creators that they have a code, a uh, a code for saving things, for saving money when you check out at Squarespace. But we'd love it if you if you chose us, if you used our code instead, especially because it's Pride Month. Um, that would be a cool way to support queer owned content. That would be nice, wouldn't it? All you have to do is go to squarespace.com slash queermovie and when you're all set up to make whatever digital dreams you have come true, you can use the offer code queermovie or one word to save 10 percentage points off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just remember to go to squarespace.com slash queermovie this Pride Month and you can save some money. This episode is also today sponsored by Cradle. Find your next perfect podcast and be the person behind the algorithm. Cradle is a new podcast discovery platform where you can discover hidden gems and independent podcasts. How, I hear you ask? Just register at cradle.io, mention what topics you care about and what topics you don't care about, and that's it. You have a full feed of podcasts that you've probably never heard of before. So if you, for example, put in gay and movie, guess who might turn up? There's no algorithm. It's just you and your beautiful taste. And if you want to explore something more than your feed, you can just jump into the individual and immerse yourself in a sea of endless listening possibilities. Join Cradle. That's K-R-A-D-L dot I-O. Cradle. Join it today. For free. Okay, back to the show. Uh, amazing. Okay, I think we're on to the third and final hot take. Do yes. you feel like this is the one that's most persuasive, the spiciest? No. Like, what's the energy with this one? What are you predicting that I'm going to say? I don't know. I have like a few options and I feel like, cause like, it's so weird because I feel like one of my original hot takes is now so lukewarm because everybody else has finally caught on. So it's that like Alice from Twilight is gay, very gay and very specifically gay for Bella. Ooh. So I don't know a whole lot about Twilight. Oh, we can in have that I read, fun. I read like maybe the first book. I think I saw like the first movie. Yes. And then I've picked up from like the zeitgeist various random things Mm -hmm. so there's some kind of like okay here's 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 everything Rowan knows about twilight there is a scene in which the alice who can see into the future right yes so she sees a battle happen yeah and in the movies it was like a plot twist that the battle hadn't happened and everyone lost their mind about like all these characters dying but it was actually a battle that didn't 
didn't actually happen. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I also know that Bella and Edward have sex and like absolutely fuck up the bed that they have sex in. Yes. And then she has like a very fast growing fetus. Yes. Slash child. And then it turns out the entire reason the werewolf Jacob has been in love with her is because he's actually been in love with the egg that is going to become the fetus that grows really fast. Yeah. Whose name is Renesme. Renesme rotisserie resume. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite That's trend is that no one wants to use that kid's name. They shouldn't. And there's just, it's just various uses of the word that words would start with R. They'd be like, if that movie hadn't happened, then rotisserie wouldn't have been born. And it just always <laughs> changes. <laughs> and then the favorite. only other thing I know is that I've seen screen grabs of rotisserie and she looks horrendous but also i think she looks just uncannily similar to megan from the new megan movie i i made the tweet i I don't know if you because i made a tweet i didn't see it but i literally was in the theater watching the megan trailer we went to the like halloween kills screening like preview screening where the megan trailer got a thousand times better reception than the entirety of Halloween of Kills. And so we, and I literally was like hitting my friend Connie, like, Connie, it's, it's resume. resume. It's, you know, <laughs> Same. I'm watching oh, and I was like, god. oh my God, it's it is it's, it is it's grown up. The doll has grown up. So that's what the fun the extra fun part. So there was actually so I guess that'll be my hot take and we'll talk about Twilight for a little okay, bit. We're just okay. going off the rails here. Mm-hmm. But she so the they started with a doll because for some reason they thought it would be better to make an animatronic doll that apparently weighed like 60 pounds so these mostly women actors are trying to like hold this like 60 pound thing that's like of course moving its head around a bunch in weird ways yeah and then finally they were like okay this doesn't look real so then they're no shit yeah it doesn't look real but then their solution was worse so they get an actual baby but then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this kid's got to grow so rapidly because it's like half human, half vampire. It's basically rapidly ages until it hits physically 18 and then just stops like visibly aging because, you know, she's going to be ready soon to bang with Jacob. But um, that's the story. So then they're so like, we, this kid's going to age so quickly that the baby is going to need to look like this. I think her name's Cl- not Claire Foy. Claire McK- something like that. Mackenzie Mackenzie Foy. Mm. So they basically did a thing where they CG'd the face and then made it look more like her. And then they did that at like different stages so that by the end of the movie, it was just the kid. But I was like, babies do change appearance quite a bit from the time that they are babies to like the tod- the walking toddler. You could have just used a baby. So it looks mm-hmm. fake no matter what. And the first time you actually see this thing's face is when Jacob's actually going in to kill it because of course they don't know they basically just know that vamp if you actually turn a child into a vampire that is a child it's basically this like unhinged monster because it's not mentally developed and now it has bloodlust so they're like this thing we don't know what it's going to do it could kill everyone in this town so we need to kill it before it becomes a problem and then it just turns around and you see this horrible just CG face. And then suddenly he's having all these visions of them like running together when she's fully grown. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, and I had already read the oh, book, so, so I was gross. already disturbed. But like the movie was just like, you so much worse. So that's the story of Resume. I love the fact that you were like, there was an animatronic baby and then they tr- made it into an actual baby and that was worse. Yes. Which does 
just really remind me of the meme about like what's worse than a murderer a child where it's like what's worse than an animatronic a child <laughs> a child that's pretty much it <laughs> and then the the animatronic is uh basically kind of melting now it looks melty but it's in the twilight museum its name is chuck esme that's the name they gave it like chucky mixed with that makes esme. sense so that's the story there but, but yes. sorry we i just i just can't believe that you glossed over the fact there's a twilight museum yes just like that was a <laughs> normal thing to throw into the conversation yeah so most of the movies were filmed in oregon but forks Washington is the city that the books are based in. So the museum's actually in Forks, which is probably good that they're getting the like tax dollars, I guess, from that, the the money. But yeah, so that's that's that whole thing. Twilight Museum would love to love go it. someday. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll get into the hot take that for I feel like for viewers who are familiar, this will not seem hot. But I feel like when I started talking about it, it was a hot take. No one considered it. And then because my whole thing was like, I always love the first book, really like the second one. Then I hated everything after that. So I started going back through the books and the movies on my channel. And I'd get these little moments of like Alice doing or saying something or then like Bella saying something in response. And I'm like, it's definitely more on Alice's side towards Bella, but in the second book, when Alice comes back, so the whole point of the second book is that like Edward goes away, so then the whole Cullen family leaves and she's just depressed the whole time. And that spoke to me as a teenager. <laughs> so then when Alice comes back, she's just like, I could smell the scent of her on my body, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, the That's pretty gay, scent? Alice. That's pretty gay. So it's like Bella say, thinking it about Alice. So it's like I I yeah. love this. Mm -hmm. So Alice, as far as I remember, she had a really rocking spiky bob situation yes. in the movie. Yes. And she, I feel like all I remember from the book is that she was like vaguely sort of like waifish, like very sort of like, you know, doing that. Yeah. She's always floating around, kind of being weird. Cause yeah, cause her like, her, she doesn't really see the future. She gets like visions, but if somebody changes their minds, it'll change. So she can see mm. things as they kind of are up until a point. Or she'll see a bunch of different options that it's like, well, if this happens, we're going down this tree, blah, blah, blah. So I think the thing that re-sparked me going through all the books was she released Midnight Sun, which was the first Twilight book from Edward's perspective. Mm. It's fantastic. Um, but this whole thing is that Edward like, cannot stay away from this person and from Bella. And he's like, we have to leave, blah, blah, blah. And then Alice is like, no, we can't. I've seen it. You're like destined. She's destined to be in our lives. And he's like, not if I can help it. And then... Then he's finally like, oh, how do you know? And he's like, because, and then she's like, because I'm going to love her too. And I was like, that's again, pretty gay, Alice. Very gay, Alice. And there's lots of other little things. Even in the last book, when they're like, she's helping her get ready for her wedding with Edward. There's just these little things. Like she goes under her dress to like put her garter up for her. There's this, these little, little spicy Ooh, moments. Hello. And then like throughout the book later, so... As this baby is rapidly growing inside her, she's basically dying. Like the the proper end is that um, the the baby is gonna eventually eat its way out of the stomach. So Edward kind of has to stop that from happening for a bit by eating it out from the opposite way. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. I've, I so that's like very much the like. <laughs> so much of this is just like what we could have had if Twilight wasn't written by this like Mormon. fanatical Mormon woman. <laughs> like, maybe maybe like the weird anti-abortion 
pro-life energy of like listen even if the vampire baby is going to chew you up from the inside out you keep that pregnancy going till the very last if your husband (laughs) has to eat the baby out of you you keep that fetus well he was actually he was pro-abortion he was pro like i can't lose you and alice was also on the side of like we can't lose you and then you just had uh but they were wrong. Yeah, you had like Rosalie on the side being like, it's her choice. But it's like Rosalie, the only thing she's wanted her entire life is a child, but she can't because she's a vampire. Like, oh my God. yeah, you can't. Yeah. The so, drama. So it's like, she just doesn't care if you die. She wants the baby, you know, like, so it's this whole thing. It's a disaster. But that's what, even that, even in that book, when that's all happening, Alice is like so distraught, so broken, like, and you're like, oh, it's because she doesn't want her bestie to die. And I'm like, it's because she doesn't want her true love to die. <laughs> so I, I love them. genuinely believe that they belong together. Though I am also not opposed to the enemies to lovers trope of Rosalie and Bella. So, okay, so this is also a thing that everyone says that like, when are we getting Twilight and all the backstories of literally any of the other Cullens who have way more interesting lives. Her life is so, like, tragic, but interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what happened to her. So, no. I feel like, yeah, no. I feel like, in my head, for a second there, I was like, maybe I could conjure up some, and I'm like, Rowan, there's not a memory for you to conjure up. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> watch these movies. No, it's there. Um, just trigger warning. Mm-hmm. She's basically said to be married to some guy. She's walking home kind of late at night after visiting a friend. He's out with all of his friends and they call her over. And then she ends up like assaulted and left to die in the streets uh, where Carlisle and Edward find her. Carlisle will only turn people if they're like on the brink of death. So he's like, okay, we're going to turn her. And then in his mind, he was like, this will be a love interest for Edward, who's who's so lonely. Um, doesn't work out that way but like I love that like yeah. dad the classic wingman, <laughs> the classic wingman coming in coming in clutch god I didn't just find a dying girl in the street have you seen her like but I also when you were like he only will turn people who are like really close to death I fully thought that it was like and she wasn't quite close enough so they <laughs> no, just no, did a little stabbing no, she a little was, light stabbing yeah no she was very close but uh she then Basically, uh, before going along the Cullen way of life of not consuming humans and only going out eating animal blood, she wears her wedding dress and starts systematically hunting down each of the men who assaulted her before getting to the future husband. So he's just hiding in terror for like weeks, knowing that all of these people are dying and then just like bust into the room with blood all over the dress, just like ready to, I'm like... We love a theatrics. We love theatrics. And then it like fl- it's like flashing between that and Bella just being sad in bed. <laughs> and it's like very different films. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like the trauma that's going on with these, because even like Alice, the idea of constantly seeing possibilities yeah. of like awful things happening that don't, but yeah. also good things happening that don't is like, would mess you up. Like, I understand why she was a little bit away with the fairies uh, from my recollection of her. Her baby, her, geez, her backstory is that she, because the, the whole thing, the abilities that they have as vampires are things that they kind of had when they were like human. So mm. Carlisle thinks they all have something, but that some of them are just more obvious. So like Edward can read minds. And so Alice would have had these light kind of precognition things, but it ended up landing her in um, like a mental institution. So she is um. literally locked in an institution for like years alone until, so her all her memories, 
as a human are hurt in this like whole disgusting pit this is all like like the more you're saying this the more i am like yeah i fully understand why everyone just wants the backstories of these two because they're so they are, like so much more interesting they're so interesting yeah. the only one that's not is when they decide to make jasper like a confederate <laughs> soldier because that's a huge thing with vampires oh god yeah right like i think someone i don't know princess who made, weeks. like a video princess weeks. yes yeah i was he was a friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, everyone go and listen to that episode because mm-hmm. i was like yeah i had i have it in my like video essays to watch at some point yeah. once I'm at all familiar like do I want to be familiar with any of this source material like do I need to know anything to watch these um yeah. but yeah no it's that now I'm like it does it yeah yeah Americans for some reason really do they love it and like the weird thing is you can have vampires from that era of history be on the other side <laughs> but be on the other side <laughs> or be from or the south but uninvolved. against it yeah uninvolved because like yeah. why do vampires because why do vampires need, invo- need to be involved? So some of them, it's usually that like they're soldiers that then end up being turned into vampires unrelated to the war or it's like when they're coming back from the war or something. But like they bake in an entire like separate war going on in the South for Twilight where it's like, yeah, there's like a vampire war going on with like X place in like New Mexico or something that's just this extra... Sure. And I'm like, sure, guys. Okay. Yeah. Very Grindelwald of you. Yeah, like, exactly. Jesus. It sure. was so weird, but it was still like evil. But yeah, it's like a, a huge issue. But yeah, those stories tend to be way more interesting. Like Carlisle's from like such ancient times. I can't even remember what year he was anymore for some reason, but like really, really old. Mm. So that's all like way more interesting. But then she's like, yeah, I am going to make more books. It's going to be Rotisserie and Jacob's story. And it's like, mm, oh, my God. Oh, oh. She's like, I'm going to fix it, guys. I've now seen your your complaints. Here's, I'm going to fix it somehow with my Mormon magic. The thing that we don't want. Yeah, we don't want it. It's very, like Suzanne Collins doing a fucking President Snow yeah, book. Just, just no. why? Well, yeah, with this one, it's... Everyone wants mm-hmm. Hamish and Finnick. I don't know what to tell you. That's what I'm saying. It's like you kind of got away with this because you put these books out between like 2005 and 2010 mm-hmm. and you went under the radar and now people can criticize it, but you can just be like, oh, those weren't my intentions. No, I'm just not going to mm-hmm. say anything online like a normal fucking author. But then she's like, no, we're just, I'm going to, we're going to double down. We're going to double down. We're going to write these. And I was like, mm, you'll be fine. But it's like mm-hmm. a choice. I'm like, you must have enough money, Stephanie. Like, surely these books, you are still, you would like the best selling book for so long. Yeah. Like, you don't need, this isn't like a comment. Like, write, write it as fan fiction. Put yeah. it on AO3, babe. I get like, that's what I mean. Because I think, I know the reason why it took her so long to do, it's very weird history, if you will indulge me for like a couple more minutes. Please. Um, so I'm fascinated. I love that this is just like, hi, this is the bitch who hasn't watched Twilight uh, gets Twilight explained to her podcast. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome. Um, very excited <laughs> to learn more about whatever's going on with Midnight Sun. Yeah, it's amazing. But she had started writing that not long after Breaking Dawn came out and she released the first chapter online. But I guess she was part of some kind of like writer's group where you were like sharing stuff. And then she had shared more chapters with some of these people. And then one of them leaked that online. So a lot of people started reading it because they were so excited. They were like, oh, my God, like, this is so interesting. Um, A story from the other perspective, unheard of, because I'm sure it's happened. But it's so common now, but it was not common then. Mm. But she got like so upset about it that instead of just being like, some of those pages are out of order. So I know exactly who leaked it. And now I can just sue them into oblivion. I am now going to just 
punish the fans. I'm not going to write it anymore. I'm now so oh. distraught and bothered that I'm not going to touch it. And she didn't for like 10 years or more at that point. I think, yeah, like nine or 10 that years. wild. So it was so extra funny because I guess on the 10-year anniversary in 2015, she was going to go back and write it. And then that was right around the time that E.L. James started re releasing Fifty Shades from Christian's perspective and Fifty Shades of Grey, for those who do not know, was originally Twilight fan fiction. So this was like an, a new punch in the gut for Stephanie Meyer <laughs> to be like, <laughs> first really she shopping. stole my characters, now she stole my background plot idea. And then by the time she had like almost all three of her Christian Grey background stories out, she was like, like Stephanie was finally like, okay, I'm ready to release Midnight Sun and maybe you'll get it. more books. So. so she knew who did it. Like she, she. I would assume. Like she knew. I would assume because the pa so some of the pages funny. were out of order, and usually that's what happens when it. you are putting out review copies of something. So that if it mm. leaks, you know where the source was. You can either narrow it down I to like a publisher or X number of people. But from what I remember, it was just supposed to be some small writers group. So I would assume there was like maybe 10 copies, so she should know exactly who it was. But then she was so distraught that it leaked and people she loved was like, it. I can't. That she was like, I can't, I can't get in the headspace <laughs> right can't, now. I can't deal with people loving my work, please, no pictures. And it wasn't even the full book. It was like five chapters at most, I think. That's incredible. And I was like, this is God. very, okay, I'm about to make a reference and I fully realize I don't actually know whether this is made outside of the United Kingdom, okay. but it's very Wagatha Christie. Wagatha Christie. Do you know about Wagatha Christie? No, I don't. Indulge me, everyone. Please. So uh, this is going to be the quickest. There's like, people have done like a whole explain, like hour long explainer videos on YouTube about this. But basically there were two wags. So two wives of footballers. Okay. Called Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney. Okay. And essentially, Colleen Rooney had had loads of stories leaked to the Sun newspaper. Okay. But they were stories about her that had been stuff she'd put on like her close friends or private Instagram. And she essentially, Ooh. she kind of suspected it might be this person. So she took everyone off except, except for this one account. And then she proceeded to like dramatically publicly like reveal what was going on. So she didn't say anything at all. She didn't talk about the fact that, you know, the son had her stories, whatever, until she'd gotten proof. And it was like, literally the, the like the phrasing that she uses was so dramatic because it was like telling everyone the whole backstory and being like, and I knew there was only one person who could have possibly known about this story. It was from dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account. And it's gone into like a libel case in wow. court. It is, there's been a biopic about it. Like it's the most unhinged. I love that. Ever seen. I love that. And I love that it's like the exact same thing of like, yes, I narrowed it down. The only <laughs> person who could have told this thing cause I, I snuck her, cause she snuck fake stories in as well. So it wasn't even like, oh, someone could have known about it and right. figured it out. It was just absolute nonsense stories that she was pretending that she was like going to another country to gender select an embryo <laughs> or something. And it magically turned up in the sun. And it was like, oh, I wonder how that came in. Uh, absolutely unhinged behavior. I love it. Um, but I love that there is a connection between the wives of some famous British footballers yes. and Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. Famed uh, vampire obsessive. Yes. Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. Um, I also have wanted to know how hot this original take that we were, I guess, talking about Alice being gay for Bella. <laughs> I think you can still argue that it is a hot take. Okay. Uh, one, it's a hot take to me because I knew nothing really about Twilight. Amazing. But I think it's a hot take because out of the 15,000 
882 works of Twilight fan fiction on AO3. <laughs> Only 465 are tagged with Alice Bella. And I've probably read all of them. They're, you know what? I think actually, yeah, it says this one by Amanda, <laughs> by Amanda. Yeah, they're all actually by Amanda. This yeah. is kind of wild. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. So I feel like when you when you have a a queer ship that has that few of the works in it, I'm going to say that that's a hot, I'm going to say that still counts as a hot take, Thank even you. if other people have figured it out. The ratio speaks for okay. itself. I need to go back through and find all of like the proof from the books and like not just like the, it's vibes, because it is vibes, but there are little quotes in the book that I'm like, besties, that's gay. Like, are you mm -hmm. so straight that you don't realize how gay this is, Stephanie? But Stephanie, please. So, and then make a little TikTok. But. I think that is exactly what happened, that Stephanie is too straight to understand what, <laughs> what she has done here tonight. I know. Like the werewolves being like, yeah, they just don't wear shirts because like they're going to break their clothing. Mm. Stephanie. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I also hate the fact that after we have finished this recording, I fully am going to go and see if anyone's made a fan film of the backstories of these oh. characters. Because I'm like, surely. I think there's some, I think there's an unofficial official Alice one. Because I think it was like for a competition. So like mm -hmm. it was fan made, but it is technically official people have wanted me to watch it i haven't watched it yet so that is one in which case um because yeah she's very weird about what she chooses to publish there's like this little girl in the third book and movie named brie brie tanner and she ended up writing a little novella called like the short second life of brie tanner sure and it's a whole separate book and i'm like how about like the short first life of all of your main characters <laughs> that are significantly more interesting than brie tanner <laughs> i love that yeah I mean, yeah, no, you've, this is, I, I don't even think I need to say it, but yeah, ding, 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 you did it, success, that's three out of three. Three out of three, I'm having a date. A champion date. of hot takes. And I think at least one of them was very hot. I think one of them is just, you know, we had one that's like niche Twilight, we had one that's like niche millennial gay, and then we had one mm -hmm. that I think is, a, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone suggest that Ashley A is gay. Yeah. I think that you're the first person who's ever dreamed of it, who's ever thought about it, who's what I imagine really kept you up at night. As yeah. soon as you heard that you were coming on this show, you were like, I can't stop thinking about it. It's in your dreams. You had like an Alice type premonition about how this podcast yes. would go. And and I, I, I'm glad that you could like unload that here today. Yeah. So finally it's out in the world. Thank you. If anyone uh, would like to agree or disagree with these hot takes, uh, please do. Uh, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram where you can give us a little, give us a little, uh, little comment little reply little tweet because uh, i would love to hear people's uh, takes on this especially the the takes that are involving like so and so is gay i challenge you to one up that and to just find a different character that's even more unhinged to be gay within these pieces of media i had bubbles from the powerpuff girls oh yes 100 percent. okay thank you i could make an argument for any of the powerpuff girls easily and the dad i know right any of them all of them at any time but i was like bubbles seems to be the most unhinged but we're going with it mm -hmm. so yeah and like the professor as well. Yes. Where's the, where's the mum? Where's the mum? Yeah, mm -hmm. He did it himself. Just a little gay dad. You know. Amazing. Where can people find you if they have uh, enjoyed listening to these unhinged opinions? Because you're, uh, if they're interested, this kind of is what you do uh, as a job. A so bit. I feel like they should try and find you elsewhere to to hear your thoughts on every other thing that's ever been filmed. Yeah. If you're uh, interested in watching uh, reviews and breakdowns of movies, both good and bad, oftentimes bad or so bad they're good, uh, you can find me on YouTube and Man of the Jedi. Uh, I used to stream a lot on Twitch. I'm trying to do that 
that more this year. Also at Amanda the Jedi, you can see my stupid thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda the Jedi. And I also have a letterbox, which is Amanda the Jedi. So basically anywhere, <laughs> Amanda the Jedi. Terrible name. I'm stuck with it. So you can find me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining, Amanda. That is it for another episode of the Queer Movie Podcast. If you've enjoyed, please make sure to follow and subscribe so you are primed for our next episode wherever you listen to your episodes of podcasts. And if you super, super like what you hear, consider supporting us over on Patreon, where we have some very fun perks on offer, including monthly Queer Movie watch-alongs on our Discord. And then, as I mentioned, you can also chat to us, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Movie Pod for, you know, some fun behind-the-scenes content as and when Jazza and I remember to actually make and post it. 